going gone. Quick banter. Very quick um, banter. I wanted to let you guys know I have missed you all. Oh, oh my god, you guys. missed oh. you too. Um, Aww, that's cute. I know, Aww. I know, I, I know. Cute. I have to. I know. I'm rushing things a little. Yeah, but I, I did. I do miss you guys, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited for our next season where we're all together. Oof, hell yeah, that'll Sick. be a little fun. Speaking of which, we were supposed to talk about that. Uh, fuck it. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, uh, Holly, do you know what I say to people when they fucking when they fucking walk up to me? <laughs> what do you think I say to him? I think you say. No, you can't say. I have to say. It. I'll say. It. Fuck you. <laughs> I say hello and welcome. My name is Holly Lyons. My name is Jack Dean. My name is Raven Walker. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast, the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, Jack. These are the pre-written stories made up by the folks who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that? Well, Luke, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you're going to, and this is going to be really uh, late uh, to everybody listening, but maybe you're going to a Halloween party, and so you're kind of stressed, and but it's the, it's the first one you've been invited to in years, so you're also really excited. And you need something to calm you down while you're on the car ride over there. But y'all should be warned, each of our episodes <laughs> will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we are running. And right now, we are recapping Sleeping Dragon's Wake. So if you don't want spoilers, you should leave now. And there is just one more warning we should offer them. That's right, Jack. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and... Really long, awkward silences. So please be aware of these (laughs) not-so-kid-friendly themes. Yes. So now, without further ado, welcome to Modular. (laughs) (laughs) And our talk back of Sleeping Dragon's Wake. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's a modular pod. It's a modular pod. Little D&D for you and me. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, we're here live in the modular studio. I've got a question to sync us all up. I'm going to work down my screen the way I see you all. Jack, we haven't had a chance for the five of us to be on the air since we were all last together, which was at my wedding. So what was your favorite part of my wedding? I mean, being being in the same physical space as all of you was, of course, incredible, and what what a wonderful exper- uh, experience, all that. But you're looking for a very specific uh, time. It was the vows. The vows. Fucking, I was I was crying <laughs> in like the third uh, third row in, just uh, just bawling my eyes out. But some people definitely turned their heads as well. I was quite, I think I was quite distracting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, that's that the part that got it for me. Love it, love it. Okay, uh, Raven, what was your favorite memory from my wedding? I think I said this because we did ask it when we were on the podcast together last time. Um, 
it felt it was a very good to see everybody in person again because I haven't seen you in a long time in person, Luke. And then meeting Jack for the first time was lovely. Also meeting Sydney for the first time in person was lovely. And it was just a good time all around. That's my wife. <laughs> His wife. <laughs> Very beautiful ceremony. All right. <laughs> and Holly, what was your favorite memory from the wedding? Honestly, I think it's when the bottom fell out and then the rain just came. And we weren't sure, like the bridal party and groomsmen and everybody had already left. And we were just down there fending for ourselves. I thought we were going to have to empty out the beer canoes. I thought like we were just going to go down the river. I really thought, you know, we're all in this together. And it was a beautiful show of camaraderie with our new friends and just like the love. You could just feel it everywhere. Might also been there. I have a few favorite things from the wedding. The first favorite thing is not even. Uh, the date of the wedding, but it was the bachelor trip that we did to uh, Utah. That was so much fun. I think about it all the time, and I think about how much fun I had. Um, the second one is definitely the ceremony itself. That was, uh, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was, uh, I was crying the entire time. Um, I think it actually might have distracted Same. some people from the ceremony, and I do apologize for that. Um uh, um, and then, and then I have a really funny favorite part. Uh, I, I was walking Raven back to their cabin, um, and and we get there. Raven got there a little bit before us, but I knock on the door, and and out pops Jack, halfway wrapped in a towel, saying, "Can I can I have ten minutes, please? Just ten minutes." And then just he just shuts the door, and <laughs> international relations. Leave it at that. International. On ground, I'm on the ground a correspondent. Actually, so a little bit of respect. Jack, see, Jack yeah, was, was actually was, at the he, wedding. He needed ten minutes to to resolve this crisis. Yeah. Okay, he was at the wedding via BBC, so it wasn't. Wow. He, he didn't actually want to see Luke or anything. BBC sent him there wow. for coverage. Wow. <sighs> um. Well, to well, finish yeah, the what was scene, your favorite part uh, of the wedding, Luke? Well, I'm not going to say my favorite part of the wedding because there are a lot of favorites, but I do have a favorite memory of each of you um, that I wanted to share. So um, for Raven, I mean, for one, Raven, if I was the best looking, like best suited person there, Raven was the second best looking person in a suit uh, at the wedding. Raven looked fucking bomb. But then um, Raven also... uh, the Raven brought back a lot of great memories from college because when Raven gets drunk, <laughs> their glasses go. <laughs> and I saw Raven busting it down on the dance floor uh, with their glasses tilted. Um, and yeah. things uh, do not change. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, Holly at one point um, just came up to me and gave me the most sincere smile and look and she just said Sydney looks so beautiful and it really fucked me up and I thought it was just the sweetest thing to say because everybody had been talking to me about like all these like things that were going on and for Holly just to like notice like how beautiful Sydney was it was very touching Um, Jack I also kind of have two for you one is that uh, my sweet one is that um once we had to move the ceremony from outside to under the tent, uh, you were sat like right behind Sydney and she was going through her vows 
and saying the sweetest shit anyone's ever said to me. And I made eye contact with you at one point and you just looked so like you looked like you recognized that I found my person and it really, really fucked me up. And it was very sweet. <laughs> um, and then also <laughs> because Jack is English, <laughs> they, Luke Bryan was playing during the reception and I was aggressively singing at him in this like thick country accent, like went full redneck on Jack. He didn't understand a word I was saying. And he was just looking at me, like shaking his head, like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and it was absolutely hilarious. And then um, I, I really loved taking pictures with Thorin. That was very sweet. Mm -hmm. um, and we got to take some really good pictures together. Mm -hmm. But right before Sydney walked down the aisle, the last thing I did, it was I looked over at Thorin, who was my best man and who's standing next to me. And I just thought, my person who's been my person for a very long time is standing next to me, has my back in this moment. Uh -huh. And now my person that will continue to be my person throughout is about to walk down the aisle. And it was very, very special. God, I'm going to start crying um, again. Stop. <laughs> don't, don't so anyway, um, I thought that'd be a fun little way, just a little quick wedding recap, uh, because that was the last time we were all together like mm. this. Now then, let's talk about a season of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to start um, by asking our three guest players, how was it playing, well, and then we'll, we'll touch on Jack a little bit more, but how was it playing characters that you had not created and were already in this story? Um, any of you, go for it. Raven, Tarbin Tool. Sure. Um, it was it was quite fun, actually. You know, it's fun to just, uh, dare I say, uh, dip your toes into the lake of a new of a new persona. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I hadn't played obviously with y'all in a minute, so it was really good to just be together for a little bit. Um, with Thorne and I, it was fun because Thorne was really mad at me for like <laughs> that first little bit. <laughs> so he was like um, legitimately yelling at me at some points. And it, like, I was kind of like, whoa, take it easy, man. Like Raven felt like the need to react like that. But so <laughs> it was fun. No, it was fun. So interesting dynamic to play. Um, so I had a good time. Sick. Jack, what about you playing Sly? Uh, Sly was interesting as well because I mean, obviously, he's got so much history, and there's so like he's such a personal connection to um, to Bradley. Um, I enjoy I enjoyed it because unlike playing Locke in the previous campaign, I there was no motive to like put like push my own agenda or push my own storyline. It was I was purely there to sort of set the stage and help like put little moments of characterization for Bradley, which was a really interesting way of doing it. I really enjoyed kind of being like off surface in that way, like in a very role-playing sense of I'm not the main character here. I'm just a secondary character here to like, I'm, I'm part of your story. I'm just, like, it's your world. I'm just living in it, which was, um, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was also nice. I, I don't have any brothers. So it was nice to role play being a brother and uh, <laughs> what a brother to have in, in Thorin and Bradley. <laughs> If not, you know, slightly sad <laughs> for Bradley. No, for Bradley, not for Thorne. Yeah, I think I think me as and a brother is Holly... better than Bradley as a brother. <laughs> That's maybe true, but you talked about fucking teleporting him out of there. You're like, I'm gonna just sneak Sly out of here, and he'll never even <laughs> he'll just wake up in Neverwinter and be fucking livid with me. Um, 
And so, Holly, you got to do it twice, and mm-hmm. you had a happy ending and a sad ending. How was it for you? Uh, ooh, I feel like as far as the emotional spectrum goes, um, I had the highs and the lows. So, like, with Scylla, I connected with the character and trying to, like, you know, like, prove yourself, that kind of thing. So, like, her death hit me hard. Way more emotional than I, than I thought I was going to be. Because really and truly, when you guys originally asked me to take on... Well, Luke, when you asked me to take on the character, I was kind of, like, not as invested. I was like, this will be okay, you know, whatever. Now it's like, oh my gosh, okay. That, that's <laughs> something crazy that happened. And then um, playing Hassan really made me realize that I have... Um, maybe an issue with power i was like okay i'm a powerful like really strong lizard man this is fucking amazing (laughs) i could really crack skulls so um you know highs and lows it was really really fun to play both characters can i say something about about scylla yes i yeah we definitely gotta take some time in this episode (laughs) to talk about scylla Um, because that was fucking i i always imagined scylla like whenever i pictured scylla in my head it was holly so, like, that's what Scylla looked like to me. So when Scylla died, to me, it was like Holly dying. And it, it, it tore me up from the floor up, you know? I was tore up from the floor up. It was, God, it was You awful. were fully was, method acting. It was terrible, yeah. No, I was... <laughs> You're, you, you were like, someone. there's a sniper bullet now waiting for Holly so I can really deliver a performance. <laughs> yeah, no, fun fact, Holly we... actually died that day. The Holly we have now is a homunculus that we created with all of her memories. It's like the same thing with, like, Avril Lavigne, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, we've been saying that for years. Yeah. Yeah, so... So now, I'm Jack, pretty- how was it returning returning to Lock Dangerfield as a, a respect version that you created? That was that was interesting uh, as well. One to be uh, a character that could deal physical damage was also a lot of fun. It's like, ooh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm hot and uh, I'm hot and strong now. I, I, it, 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 um, <laughs> it coincided with uh, I signed up to a gym at the same time, so I was like, ooh. Whew. Oh me. hell yeah! You're like fuck yeah, Mister <laughs> um, Pumpkin Iron, which, which was really great. Um, on a more on a more like story level, it's really interesting to return to this character after like this war he's fought in has ended, and like how how that's affected him, and then to see his cousin kind of going through with a similar arc of yeah, being a hero is the fucking worst, and you can't ever stop. <laughs> Everyone you know dies. Yeah. You get to live, and you just have to keep going because if you stop other people die and then that as a kind of central theme of bradley's story i think re- i really enjoyed having Locke be there to kind of be like it sucks and like kind of pinpoint that a little bit as well for for the rest of the season yeah yeah i i like the fact that each of bradley's um allies sort of fleshed out hopefully what we're setting up for bradley's end game and so our next season will be bradley's last season it's all going to come to a close but i i do think that you know Locke gave him a little bit of that perspective of like i mean there's never really a good time to leave and sly on the other hand was like why the fuck are you doing this and i think tarvin and hisan both kind of showed him like you can make your way in the world and like help people without Mm fucking risking your life all the time and Scylla was like 
the, the kind of peak of like this is what you stand to lose if you're not a hero and so bradley's gonna have to find some balance there but i i really fuck with what all three of you delivered in your performances um to further you know bradley's growth that's what i wanted to get out of this season and having these rotating sidekicks um and i think it it i mean i never talked to any of you about like a strategy for that it just naturally happened mm. and it is is fucking great so i appreciate all of you yeah being willing to step in especially holly that was holly's first season yeah playing as a character yeah knocked and out you the fucking crushed it. yeah and holly's like what yeah. second time ever actually playing the game in general yeah that's yeah. also true yeah. Yeah. Which it was a definite learning curve for me. Um, I asked a lot of questions. We had to cut a lot of those. But as far, well, I say we, I did, but um, it's, <laughs> it's its own thing. Like, it was just really cool to get some of those answers and get that clarification and really enjoy the game and, like, really just understand the power of friendship and just what a good <laughs> game is with good people. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's also really great for all the people yeah. who are listening who haven't played or have only played like mm -hmm. a little bit or whatever mm -hmm. and like are listening to modular because it's modular and that's what we kind of offer to be like, I mean, yeah, look at Holly. She fucking smashed it. Like just just yeah. do it. Just sign, sign up to a game online yeah. mm -hmm. or at your local right. game shop or whatever. To be technical, yeah. I mean, we I smashed a woman through the floor. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. true. You did. Just to be technical about it. Yeah. Um, and then with, I, I liked um, getting to play Snow Scred. And the thing I really wanted to explore with that, and I would encourage other DMs to do it too, is that there is th these campaign books that run as a, a full story arc. They have two main antagonists, the God of Death and then the God of Storms. And so I, I wanted to show those two battle it out and interact some because it doesn't really make sense that like your your pcs in these books would be the only ones ever fighting either or and i like the idea of those two because they both want the same thing they want this you know this evil glory for themselves and i was like i want to explore that and so that was a lot of fun and then me and thorn got to pvp and that was fucking fun. I did have an advantage over him though because i knew what his character could do and i made a character that could fuck him up <laughs> and um it worked. I mean, I specifically bastard. didn't use. I you didn't made use the hero killer, so let's not like throw stones. <laughs> Damn, that's so that's true. So true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, that's thanks, true. Jack. Thanks for having my back. But yeah, that was fun. Um, Bradley obviously really has a lot of sexual tension with some dragons. Mm -hmm. um, but I, kind I of on has, the, he, I think he has a lot of sexual tension with really anything if, yeah with everything Everyone. if it if he's, it's, he's if the it moves boy. and it can consent and it's an adult he he wants to bang mm. he wanted yeah. so on the same note of talking about these rotating sidekicks which has kind of been been our big i guess gimmick has a negative connotation but what we've been doing this season uh tin lasol from our discord asks how does bradley cope with not just the death but also the constant comings and goings of older new friends especially being such a social creature is it difficult for him to be so transient oh absolutely 100 percent um <clears throat> bradley he I mean, takes the leaving of his friends just i mean not as hardly as the death of his friends but almost as hardly it's like this person is gone from my life forever now and there's nothing that i can really do about it like he searched for Inver verna for god knows how long 
I never found her. And, and, and to him, that's just as, as bad as, I mean, that is, that is losing someone that he cares about. And so he takes that in a way that like, you know, what could I have done differently? What could I have done better to make Inverna feel safe, to make her feel like she can stay here, to make her feel like that, that she doesn't have to go on her own because I can help her with her problems. But ultimately it's, it's just a, just a trek that these people have to travel on their own. Um, and it's one that he can't follow. And he really has a hard time accepting that. But it's what you got to do with people. You know? That's brutal. That's hard. Well, continuing on with this, uh, Anthony Washek from our uh, private Facebook group, definitely not the same person as who oh, we just referenced in the, the Discord. Person. No, they're two separate Not people. the same person at all. Um, Bradley, who would you most want to go on an adventure with? Like if you could go on another adventure with any of those those sidekicks, who would you pick again? Oh, man. That's a tough question. Um, I really liked... This is no offense to anyone else. I really liked uh, Locke and Snowscred uh, because they seemed very experienced. I I feel like we... And 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 we said you said it in the last episode uh, that we could have that me and Snowscred could have been friends if things had turned out differently. I really think we could have. Um, yeah, that that was a fun. I think we made a good team. Um, and Locke, you know, obviously I know Thorin knows a lot about Locke, um, and Bradley has heard tales of Locke, so he's like, oh fuck, I want to go on an adventure with this guy. He like almost single-handedly stopped the dragon war, like stopped Tiamat from rising. <laughs> he was the main person who did all that. Yeah, no, I definitely <laughs> want to. The Chosen of Bahamut? Yeah, no, for sure. The team was I called s- Annie and the uh, Cucks. I can't, <laughs> I can't take it. Bradley only ever heard the team called the Dragon Slayers. He never heard Annie and the Cucks. Sure, yeah, that was more of like an in- underground nickname. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to listen to their first album to really get that one. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so we touched on this a little bit, but uh, Anthony wants to know, Holly, how was it being a player? Um, it was uh, it was different for sure. Um, most of the time, you know, I'm listening to you guys. That's the biggest thing is like I'm always listening and like I'm always kind of in the joke. Like it's kind of fun for me or whatever. And kind of not knowing what was going to happen was a little a little bit um, n- not nerve wracking. I don't want to say that. I just, I was kind of just like uncertain um, and it was really fun. I'd love to do it again. Hell yeah. 10 okay. out of 10. So Sick. you can expect Holly on our next season. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Maybe not Maybe. the next one, but future seasons. Perhaps. Um, Anthony also wants to know, Thorin, if Bradley could make an ideal four-person party, including himself, what other three classes would you want to adventure with? So I definitely think a bard for the support. Um, I want to say... So two bards. 
Obas. No, no, the bard, the bard, the bard, as in Bradley. So he's one of the four. Oh yes. Um, I, I, he well, he would, has to be. He would definitely want a cleric. Per the parameters of the question. Yeah, he would definitely want. Uh, he would definitely want a cleric because um, right now there's a lot of healing going on that doesn't expend spell slots that could also be useful for other things. Um, so a person that's more focused on that would be fantastic. Definitely either a fighter or a barbarian, someone who can just go in and kick ass and also take damage uh, away from the people in the back. That would be great. And then the last one, that's a tough one. I think Bradley would want a, hmm. Probably, Probably a paladin. A fucking dr- uh, I thought you were going to say druid because he's a furry. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably a paladin. Uh, probably for the same reason. Uh, one, they can uh, they can uh, help because of their devotion to their god. Um, but also, they're very tanky, um, and Bradley doesn't like getting hit. Um, so, and he gets hit a lot. And he gets hit a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of scars, a lot of a lot of damaged organs, a lot of broken bones. Uh, stuff that he's just ignoring right now but are really going to hit him when he hits like his you know 150s to be fair if you had the uh the three other classes and you just went all barbarian you could just like open up the door and let them go in and just like have a cigarette outside while you like, yeah no while that's you wait. so just, true that is so send true send them into the thresher <laughs> yeah i think i want i think okay. i want the class that is uh tarask i just want one of those on my team <laughs> Bradley just wants to be a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> just like Thorin does. Yeah, just like Thorin does. <laughs> um, Anthony also asked, Luke, how much did you have to adjust, and did this adventure require more or less ad-lib work? Um, firstly, the first mission and first three episodes is completely homebrew. That was uh, Bradley and Locke hunting Arathator. Um, that's because I like the idea of giving Locke some closure with Arathator. I like the idea of Bradley and Locke adventuring together. So I was like, fuck it. This is a great way to start this adventure. Um, kind of give, I mean, Bradley was like peak alcoholic at that point. So we needed, we needed a big brother figure to be like, Hey bro, um, you gotta, you gotta get your shit together yeah. a little bit. You know? And unfortunately he got locked. Um, so he had to do the best he could. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> um, so as far as ad lib work, this is a pretty easy book to run. Um, now, if you, I mean, if you heard the last episode, and Anthony hadn't heard the last episode at the time he wrote that comment, he knows I changed a major thing. Um, but for the the uh, thing we ran with Scylla, that boat adventure, pretty much everything was ran as is, other than we had those Minotaur skeletons fight the Talos cultists um, because it's technically Talos cultists controlling Merkel minions. Had them fight, which worked out because otherwise they would have absolutely gotten TPK'd. They did anyway, but they even more so would have if, if I hadn't done that. <laughs> um, then uh, the one with Tarbin and the Fish Village, I ran that completely as is. Everything that was written um, was run you know, verbatim. Same pretty much with Hisan, other than I did go pretty easy on Bradley because of those spells to exit combat, but I, I like to reward players that try and think their ways out of combat, so I didn't want it just to be a, a fucking, like, bloodbath. Um, and then that also goes to the one with Sly in that 
in that room with the alkalith and the the dragon you're supposed to just make checks to figure out that the alkalith is affecting the dragon and bradley almost fucking died in that fight and if i hadn't immediately been like hey you can tell that that evil demon barnacle is affecting the dragon if i hadn't started the fight that way he could have easily gone down and there's only so much plot armor you can give a character so all easy to run but i did change things pretty much to make them easier um and then of course the big finale um which not even everyone on this episode has heard is that the ending of sleeping dragon's wake is fucking terribly written it's so bad no matter what the heroes do cloudgilia matter the ancient green dragon is supposed to get possessed that is antithetical to what DD is reward your players for succeeding on something Bradley succeeded, he saved Claudia Matter, and in in so doing, he doomed La Maruntos. She's the one that's now possessed instead. And it makes sense narratively. Um if you can look up YouTube videos about this, other people Bob World Builder has said the same thing. I watched his video on it. And that's what inspired me to be like, yeah, we're not just gonna let Claudia Matter get fucking wrecked regardless of what our hero does. That doesn't make any sense. So that obviously was a lot of um tweaking so it sounds like i tweaked it more than i even thought but it's still an easy book to run so just keep that in mind um anthony also asks uh, and we'll, we'll toss this one to jack and raven if you could design an adventure what would you do for it like your general overarching plot Ooh. <clears throat> you want to go first raven i'm <clears throat> sure i mean so I've been thinking about doing like a homebrew campaign with some friends and I like in terms of adventure, I love the idea of being like kind of isolated to a city or one location and really exploring and understanding that location and like all the events that are happening in the Thorn is losing his mind for this right now. <laughs> take place within that, that area and it's all very narrow and so some type of like scooby-doo-esque like if it weren't for you rotten kids like adventure <laughs> uh mystery like something's gone afoot you and your gang have to figure out why it's gone awry i don't know some something of that, of that sort yes that is so good yeah. i've had so many ideas for like a one city or one area like a but county like kind of area steampunk inspired yeah. like modern so when you like mo <clears throat> like some modern inspirations Thorin. yeah fuck yeah fuck. have you played call of cthulhu before raven no you should check it out it's great um thorn you you're gonna be the one running a uh, water deep dragon heist so you will get to do that. Oh fuck yes! <laughs> yeah, I have but no that's, idea that's years anything away. about Waterdeep Dragon Heist right now. So yeah, don't worry, you got years to prep. Cool. What about you, Jack? Um, open campaign would always be a good one to go for. Uh, I've had players before who have said that they find it difficult to care about other NPCs when they're doing like a more like Lord of the Rings style mm -hmm. traveling from point A to point B with lots of cool stuff along the way because they go, I don't give a shit about so-and-so in this village because we're never going to see them again. Even if they show up a little while later, we can't go back and like build up a relationship and stuff. So obviously an urban campaign really helps 
get your players invested in the world and feel like they're a part of it. Um, failing that, I would do the complete opposite <laughs> and do a uh, like a, like a big sweeping like Lord of the Rings style fantasy uh, storyline. Um, I don't really have any kind of plot ideas, but I would love to do something related to like the stars and the cosmos because in a lot of other D and D. I think specifically fourth edition they have all these different stars like there's a um, uh, one of the warlock powers is called hunger of hadar which is like a, a dead star way up in the cosmos that still has like affects the world and it can drive people mad and there's loads of different types of those and one i love a good bit of eldritch horror and two Hell i yeah. love the idea of a lot a lot of D storylines come across of oh this big evil things awoken let's go find out what it is by going to x location which has a, a book that tells us how to right. defeat it or weapon or whatever mm -hmm. and now we know what it is we can do it <laughs> i love the idea of like these things are uh, yeah. uh, affecting the world or coming to the world or whatever and just no one knows what they are this is the first time it's happened there's oh, no that's fucking sick and so the heroes they like, mm. can they can go oh maybe this would work they can talk to experts who might be like this could work this could be an idea but really is a case of you got to figure it out yourself because this is new. This isn't. We sealed yeah. this away a thousand years ago, and you have to do it again. This is. This is the first time anyone's ever come across this, and you have to figure out what it is. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. I love that. Um, well, that does it for our listener questions. Um, can, can we? Can we? Can everybody else answer that question though? <laughs> all right thorn get in there um i've actually had like uh, a lot of ideas for campaigns um um i've had some open ideas like open world ideas i've had some of like the closed um ideas i've had this one that i've tried to run twice that has uh failed twice um the first time because i moved and the second time because i just didn't really want to play with those players um but <laughs> i have so many like i i have a whole i have this whole homebrew world that i've created over the past like over 10 years and i've been i have it like from the beginning to the very end of it and i have all these adventures scattered throughout and 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 yeah i just have so many nice. I want a homebrew run something. So if anybody wants to play a homebrew with me, hit me up. <laughs> nice. All right, Holly, do you have an answer to this question? No, I just would like to not play a bard for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's the yeah. biggest thing. I'm like, I need to, I need Painful. to spice it up. Yeah. Need to spice sure. it up. Yeah. Um, something different. I think that's really, that really became evident. When, oops, that was my phone. That really became evident when I was playing Hassan, and um, I was like, "Oh, this is fun! All right, so maybe punch. doing I like some." Punch. Yeah, barbarian. Yeah. Holly's got barbarian yeah. written all over punch. it. Punch is <laughs> it's true. Is this, is this untapped it's rage? Hmm. <laughs> it's a really yeah. good outlet. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I I don't have any i i I had an idea for a homebrew story that I DM'd for Thorn and three other friends over the course of a year. And we all loved it. It was a great time. Um, yeah. And that was like the one like homebrew D&D &D thing I have. Um, as far as D&D &D goes, I will say I'm very excited to run a few of the adventures that I'm slated to run. Um, I'm really excited for Icewind Dale. I'm really excited for Tomb of Annihilation. 
and I'm really excited uh, for Storm King's Thunder. I fucking love all three of those adventures. They're all open sandboxy adventures, which I fuck with uh, very heavily. The one thing I, I do have cooking in my brain for homebrew is Call of Cthulhu. Oh, um, nice. So I like, I, I really love um, Appalachia. I want to do um, like a Call of Cthulhu like anthology campaign yes. in a small town, much like Boone, where uh, we all most of us met um and yeah it would it would just be fucking fantastic like murder mysteries and heists (laughs) and and otherworldly eldritch horrors um kind of combining what jack and raven said uh, and putting it right in the heart of um, western north carolina would be fucking chef's kiss to me Um, so maybe that'll be uh maybe that'll be a another podcast one day who fucking knows Mm -hmm. i love that as a quick uh, quick side note, little top tip that I found worked really well for uh, an urban homebrew campaign. If you're making your own city and doing all that, but you're uh, you're like, oh, how do I spice it up and make it make it interesting? If they're all staying in the same location, make the city move. Put it on wheels. Put it on the back of a turtle. Make it fly through the sky. Other things can find uh, it. It can dock at other cool. places. Yeah. I have one. Um, okay, cool, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. cool. <laughs> Let's do it that. Fuck yeah, giant ship. That would be sick. Like on the water. Yeah, a cruise ship it's campaign. Like, it's a city on a ship. A cruise ship campaign. A cruise ship campaign. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic, but D and D. You know what? Okay, I, I'd, I'd play that. <laughs> so one thing now that Thorin is off the air, I'm very excited to talk about. It really worked out that he had to leave early, um, and this is a little sneak preview. Raven knows what I'm about to tell y'all, um, but for the next campaign. Our next season, our last season with Bradley Copper, um, I am going to be letting go of the reins of Bradley's story, and Raven is going to be DMing, and Ooh, I am incredible. going to be playing a full character in Vernon Nightbreeze. <gasps> yeah, and Thorin I'm so and I are going to take down the cults of Talos and Merkel together. Brilliant! That's really cool. It's going to be f- fucking sick, and. I don't think this episode will even be out by the time we record our first episode. So Thorne is going to get a fucking shock. A fucking it'll be the next episode y'all listen to oh. for our listeners. Incredible. But he we're going to start out it'll be me yeah. Raven and Thorne and Thorne's going to be like, "Oh my god, Raven's playing Inverna." And then Raven's going to start narrating. He's going to lose <laughs> yeah. his fucking mind. Also, it's going to be so fun. Another layer is <laughs> that I've never DM'd before, so this is my first time like full on DMing. That's not really true. I've DM'd like a few sessions. Not like extensively though. I'm not as you experienced as you Luke or Thorin in DMing. Nowhere near as experienced. Well, so I think it'll be, be I think it'll be good too. for the pod because for one, I think the most satisfying way I think to resolve Inverna and Bradley's stuff is for me to go all in on that relationship alone. And for sure. And let someone else drive the car. But then also I think that I don't want to like be like shoehorning any sort of ending in, and I think passing off the reins to Raven lets Thorn probably get an even more authentic ending to this character that he's mm-hmm. been playing now for right. so long. And it'll also be good for our 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 you know what we like to sell you all as our listeners for modular is you're going to have a campaign mm-hmm. where we do have a new DM 
running something and it'll be like, hey, new DMs, this is a really helpful thing. One of the cool things about Divine Contention, which is the last book in this series, is that it has one of the best written chapters of D&D I've ever fucking read in my life. And it's also hard to run. And I think it'll be really fun to have Raven like work through it. I'm going to still talk to them like, you know, kind of be like a sideline coach. And we will show you exactly how a new DM can run something as complex as this multi-layered thing that is in Divine Contention. And of course, I don't want to tell you too much about it. I don't want to spoil it, but it's fucking sick and you guys can't wait. I can't fucking wait. And Jack is going to get to uh, reprive his role as a sly for at least an episode or two. Ooh. Which, like, I'm, I mean, I made it out of this season without Sly dying, and I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried. <Yeah. laughs> Sly, Sly better not die. That yeah. would be very fucking bad. It, yeah. I mean, he could, oh. but... Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty reckless player as well, and I'm going to have to temper those, <laughs> temper those emotions. Yes. It was funny, though. <laughs> Sick. Anyways. Cool, gang. Well... Uh, thank you to our friends who sent in questions, friends, multiple wink. Um, thank you to Holly, Jack and Raven for being willing to step into a character, uh, that they didn't make. I, I, that's, can be a very uncomfortable thing, but it seems like it was very freeing. So, um, we of course love you all. We thank you for listening to modular for now, 150 episodes. You've been listening to this show with us and we are so appreciative and we can't wait for you to hear. 151.